welcome and welcome back to Unapologetically Black Unicorns. This week, I do not have a guest, as last week was a holiday for many people here in the United States. Also, for the past couple of weeks, there's been something I've been thinking about and and a memory that came to mind that I actually shared with someone. And I thought, you know, maybe there are other people who could, well, who might be interested in this little piece of my life that I'm sure has happened to other people as well. And I was thinking back to a time when I was hospitalized and it was an involuntary hospitalization. Well, because I had not because I have a mental illness, that's not exactly why. It was because um, I was really struggling with being here, meaning being here on earth, if you know what I'm talking about. And it was a really hard time for me. And I, I I don't exactly know what precipitated this struggle. It was one I've had for many, many years. And sometimes I would act on these thoughts and, and sometimes I wouldn't. I'd be able to sit with them. But clearly this was a time I wasn't able to sit with them and I was involuntarily hospitalized. One of the things that my provider and I agreed upon in order for me to be discharged was that I needed to be in the care of someone, that I needed more support. And I will admit, yes, I did need more support. Um, I was a hot mess. Let's just put it that way. So my mother came out to California and we put all my stuff in storage. We, I don't know, we packed up everything. I moved out of my place. I even had to give away my dog, which was super sad. And never forget my mom sitting in the car and, and crying. Um, you know, she was holding it together for me the whole time until the point where I had to give away my dog. And, and luckily, you know, it was um, given to someone who loved the dog very, very much. But unfortunately, my mom is allergic to dogs, so we couldn't have one in the house. And back to the East Coast, I went. And I was determined that I was only going to stay on the East Coast for a small amount of time. And that I wanted to come back uh, to the West Coast. I wanted to come back to California. I wanted to find a job, um, go back to school, you know, do all the things that I was doing with my life that had been um, interrupted. And when I was in uh, in the East Coast living um, with my family, one of the things I did eventually was, you know, I had the LA Times sent to my home and I was, you know, scouring the LA Times. I don't think there was monster.com. Maybe there was. But um, I really wanted the LA Times. It made me feel like I was in LA, even though I was on the East Coast. And um, my parents would tell me, you know, yeah, you're not going back. (laughs) It doesn't look like you're going back anytime soon. And um, I would continue to get the LA Times and scour the LA Times, you know, vowing, I'm going back and I'm going to get a job and I'm going to get my life back on track, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I did. I actually did get a job. I applied for jobs. I, um, um, had uh, phone interviews, and actually, I had two offers to select from, and uh, selected one of the places. And it took about a year and a half, maybe two years. I was home, and and here's the part of the story. I mean, that was just the backdrop, but here's the part of the story that I uh, really wanted to sit with, and that is the day that I left. I secured an apartment. Um, I had a job. I had a start date, and I booked my flight to go back home, and I was going back to California. The cab came up to the house to pick me up, 
And this is all I remember. I remember sitting in the cab and looking back at my father standing at the front door, kind of waving goodbye. And I was waving goodbye and I noticed something. And it was that my father was crying. And I never see my father cry. My father, my father is an army colonel. I mean, he's the colonel. I mean, we didn't, we weren't raised in like a really strong, like regimented, you know, military family in that way. But, but my father was one of these guys that, you know, he just didn't cry in front of us. So there he is crying at the door. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? Why is my father crying? And um, I, you know, got out of the cab and I, I said, what, why are you crying? I gave him a hug and I said, but why are you crying? And he says, I want you to be okay. I don't want to get a call. I want you to be okay. And, you know, I didn't know what to say to my dad. I, I honestly couldn't promise that I would be okay. I mean, who can make that promise? Anything could happen, but I know what he was talking about. He didn't want me out there back in California doing anything to harm myself or any, have anything else happen where he would get that awful call or he wouldn't know where I was or I don't know that, you know, he was being a dad. I mean, he was being a straight up dad who was so worried about his daughter. It makes me kind of cry thinking about it. But um, I just gave him a big hard hug and I said, I'll, I'll call you. I'll call you when I get there. And we drove off. You know, when I think back on that, and I and I asked my dad about it later, where was my mother? <laughs> mother was alive. Where was my mom? And my dad said that my mother was so upset that she couldn't come down and see me off. And, you know, my, my mom remained upset that I stayed in California, um, that this is my chosen home. And she kept saying, when is she going to come home? When is she going to come home? And my dad said, she's not. This is where this is what she's chosen. This is where she lives. And we need to support her and accept the fact that she's going to remain in California. I maybe have never appreciated what my parents have done for me. I talk about them a lot. You've heard my father on the podcast. And, you know, during that dark time, during that hard time, my father did something, as did my mother, that I know is so hard for many family members, especially when they have a loved one who lives with, you know, complex, you know, diseases or complex illnesses or, you know, those kind of things that they let me go. They let me go. I know. I'm just thinking about how tough that must have been and thinking about my father standing there crying, just how hard that must have been and the decision not to think about how to make me stay, but how to let me go. You know, a lot of times we talk about um, in mental health, or I heard that I have heard the phrase about de-individuation, de-individualization. Is that how it's pronounced? Where the idea is you're supposed to be this independent person from your family and our family is very tight. You know, my grandmother, my aunt, my uncle, my grandfather, all of, you know, my my cousins, all of us are like moms, dads, brothers, and sisters to each other, even though we may be in name, auntie, uncle, grandma, grandpa. But we have a very, very tight-knit family, and we do think very much about our actions in relation to the family. Yet within all of that, we each do have our own autonomy. 
but but we're never disconnected from that larger unit. We're very collective in that way. I guess I've been thinking about the struggles that families have in this in this letting go of people and you know worried about the choices that their adult loved ones make, especially adult loved ones who maybe have diagnoses of schizophrenia or and or other mental health conditions that they may not be the decisions that the family members wish their loved ones would make. They they may be actually tough decisions, ones that don't work out in our favor <laughs> and how, how hard it must be to trust to let go. And I don't know how my dad did it. I don't know how my mom did it. I, I really don't. But I am so appreciative that they thought about the importance of letting go letting me sometimes fall and stumble. And some of those falls were pretty big. Some of the stumbles were super harmful, yet they stood by my side the entire time, had their feelings about it, and just let me grow. I needed to go through these things to grow and to become who I am. And maybe they knew that, maybe they didn't. I'm really not quite sure. I, I don't talk to my dad much about it. But, um, you know, I, I've just been thinking recently as, you know, we really struggle with this idea of autonomy and self-determination, you know, what that really means and and how important that is, especially um, for people, you know, with mental health conditions and with other disabilities as we grow up and as we grow into our adulthood and older, sometimes our family members, especially our parents who have taken care of us, they've wiped our booties, they've cleaned up our snot, they've cleaned up all sorts of things that come out of our body. Uh, you know, they've, they've, they've taken care to make sure we have every need met. And suddenly there's a time where they have to let go little by little by little. And I guess for me, you know, even though there was this letting go, there's this super strong connection. I know they didn't let me go and just let me flail out there in the world. <laughs> um, they've always been there. And I think both my mom and my dad, especially my mom, um, were able to come into their own as well, not just as parents, but as people, you know, my mom wasn't, you know, she was no longer the mom of a disabled young woman, you know, <laughs> she she was the mom of, you know, yes, I still have a psychiatric disability, but my mom came to find so many other things to do with her life other than to worry about me and or to take care of me. And, um, you know, she she returned back to her art and, um, you know, she she just really flourished in her own way. So that letting go, let all of us go to become who we were meant to be. And it also brought us so much closer together. I don't know. I just wanted to talk about that. I'm, I don't know. It's, I know it's a time of um, being grateful for things. And maybe I don't say it enough, but I am super grateful for my mom, super grateful for my dad, grateful for my family. I just wanted to say that and just share that with you during this time. And yes, I'm crying. So we're going to move on. And I'm going to thank you all for letting me have go down this little memory lane. And, and I hope for, you know, parents and also for adult kids, kids, that this is a, 
a helpful kind of thing to think about. And that's all I've got for you today. Um, And oh, yeah, other than my producer says to like, subscribe, comment. All right. So I've said that. But as you know, the most important thing I think any of us can do is to share. You never know who needs to hear this message um, and who it may be helpful for, who who it may um, provide new information for. So please do share. And until then, I will see you all next time on Unapologetically Black Unicorns. <laughs>